Hello, friend, and welcome to the DIY Music Factory podcast brought to you by Bobby Manila Audio. The DIY Music Factory podcast is a no-fuss approach to home recording for the everyday wannabe rock star. I'm your host, Bobby Manila, and welcome to today's episode. Hello, friends. My name is Bobby Manila from Bobby Manila Audio, and this is my first blog post slash podcast episode slash YouTube for Bobby Manila Audio. I very recently just set myself up a brand new website uh, that I created using Easy Funnels, actually. And Easy Funnels is made by Brian Hood of the Six Bigger Creative, an amazing resource for uh, creative entrepreneurs. And this that we're about to dive into is my first blog post on my new website. So I absolutely have no idea where I'm going. So for my first blog post slash podcast episode slash YouTube clip, what I thought I'd do before I start pumping out any other type of content is to do a little bit of a backstory on myself. So hence the title of this first post slash podcast slash YouTube is my adventures in music an origin story. And if you want to read this, by the way, you can head over to bobbymanillaaudio.com.au forward slash blog. That's bobbymanillaaudio.com.au forward slash blog. And you can read the story in all its glory if you feel so inclined. So let's go. Let's, let's read through this adventure together. So these literally are some of the hardest keystrokes I've ever tried to put together. I've strapped this first sentence so many times. It's so frustrating yet truly hilarious at the same time. Why is it so damn hard to compose a little something to help tell your story? It seems my old friend imposter syndrome has decided to come along and ride shotgun with me while I try to write my first blog for my new website. So hang on just a sec while I see if I can have a word and see if I can't make him disappear for a wee little while so I can take this opportunity to introduce myself. I'm Bobby Manila, a home recording enthusiast, studio artist, freelance audio guy, social media marketing person, jujitsu brown belt, dad to a beautiful daughter, husband to an amazing wife. I have a humble studio and I mean a real basic setup from where I compose, produce, mix, master, help others with their music and hold coaching calls to help budding home studio enthusiasts find their niche or niche, depending on which way you sit. I'll probably swing a little between the two of them. <laughs> I don't believe that you need a ton of fanciful gear to be able to make music for yourself or to run a diverse and rewarding music business. This truly is an amazing time to be a music oriented entrepreneur. The essential gear you need to get started is super affordable. Music creation software has come so far. Virtual instruments sound amazingly good, some better than others, of course. But for the most part, there are a hell of a lot of fantastic, amazing sounding amp sims and other sound libraries available to us. I can't actually believe how spoiled we are for tools. I wish I had access to this stuff as long as well as the knowledge. When I was a young lad learning to make music eons ago in a time far, far away. We also have the magic of the internet with which we can learn, communicate and build our businesses upon. The world has gotten smaller and we have the ability to find our people and do meaningful work from our home or even on the beach while you holiday. Really, there's never been a better time than right 
freaking now. I guess I should take the opportunity to back the hell up. I want to share with you the first time I felt music reach deep inside my body and electrify my soul. The moment that set me on my path in life that eventually ends up here and now, launching my new website, trying to write a, trying to write a blog post and trying to talk to you. I was 13 years of age and was at my first ever stadium rock show. My buddy Hayden and his older brothers had brought me to see Aerosmith on the pump tour. It was the first time I'd been in an arena. It was packed and it was electric. It smelled like sweat, cigarettes. You could actually smoke indoors and at events back then and, and beer. And I absolutely loved it. And then it happened. The place went black. You could feel the energy lift as everybody rose in the dark, ready for boom. Fireworks go off. The lights come up. Joe Berry's guitar roars through the PA. Steven Tyler starts singing and the crowd erupts. That was the moment. I don't really remember much after that, but that was a solitary moment where music opened up my mouth, reached deep inside me and sent shockwaves through my entire 13 year old being. It was one of the single most enthralling and awakening events of my life to date. To say I became obsessed with all things rock and metal is an understatement. I wanted to be a freaking rock star more than I wanted to breathe. So I could give that feeling that Aerosmith gave to me, to somebody else. So picture this. I'm at home alone after school with the album Persistence of Time by Anthrax up as loud as possible on my tiny cassette player. And some of you may not know what a cassette player is, and that's kind of freaky, but I'm holding my lacrostic like a guitar and proceeding to mosh and play guitar like I'm Scott Ian from Anthrax in front of my bathroom mirror. Honestly, if mum had come home and seen me like this, it probably would have felt like I was getting caught jerking off. <laughs> but in those moments inside my head, I was on stage ripping it up in front of thousands of people. In the years since, I've had so many fantastic experiences and shared some pretty amazing journeys with some truly excellent people. One of the first times I got to support a major international act was with my first band, Beacon. We were a rambunctious three-piece and our ambition and energy most definitely outdid our ability <laughs> and we most certainly didn't let that get in our way. I started Beacon with my lifelong best mate, Jesse. We've shared many moments together in life growing up. And although we have our families and responsibilities that require our undivided attention, he will always, and I mean always, be my brother. We had a song called Hope You Fright that was featured on a local made freestyle motocross video called Homegrown Maniacs by Mr. Leith Holtzman. Leaf was taking the video on the road to a series of launches around Australia that coincided with some freestyle motocross events, with the final show being at Settlers Tavern in Margaret River, Western Australia. Margaret River is a smallish, semi-rural community in Western Australia, famous for world-class surf and world-class wines. And through a twist of fate, the final show also happened to be with legendary rockers Unwritten Law. And on the night of the show, the tab was packed to the rafters. The atmosphere was thick and there was condensation fogging up all the windows. Kids were literally standing on whatever they could and they were ready to pop off. They didn't care that they didn't know who we were. And when we played, they went crazy and it was glorious. The next time I played with a band that I legit revered 
when I was growing up was the time I got to open for In Excess. Now, at this point in time, In Excess was then fronted by John Stevens. The gig was at Stadium Australia for the Harley Davidson 100-year anniversary open road tour. It's a bit of a mouthful. Also on that bill that night was another legendary Australian act called Killing Heidi. I remember driving to the stadium, pulling up to load in our gear, and for the first and last time in my life as a touring musician, Rhodey started unpacking the van and setting up our gear. And I'm not talking about a couple of mates we bribed with a few beers from a rider, like, but real professional roadies. And that was the pinnacle of my playing career right there. Another one of the life-defining events that I got to experience as a working musician was signing a record deal with the legendary metal label Roadrunner Records. As I mentioned before, I'm a rock and metal guy and I was beholden with, Road, with Roadrunner Records as I had so many of my favorite bands on their roster. So as you can imagine, signing to Roadrunner was a huge thing for me and it will always remain one of my most cherished accomplishments in music. At the time of signing, Roadrunner was home to Slipknot, Sepultura, Killswitch Engage, Fear Factory, Stone Sour, Soulfly, Trivium, Machine Head, and Nickelback, to name a few. And at that point in time, Nickelback was one of the hugest bands on the planet. So they footed the bill for a lot of my flights and drinks, and in all probability, are the reason I got signed to Roadrunner in the first place. So I will have no bad mouthing of Nickelback around these parts, okay? Let's take a quick break from this conversation and talk about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is me. Ta-da! If you're a rock-oriented artist in need of a little help with your project, I offer a small range of services to help you actualize the music you have inside of you. Head over to bobbymiddleraudio.com.au to see my services, listen to my portfolio or schedule a call so we can talk about your project on a more personable level. That's bobbymiddleraudio.com.au. And now let's get back to the conversation. And over the years that followed, I got to play some pretty amazing gigs at some freaking fantastic venues all around Australia. I've been fortunate to share the stage with the likes of The Butterfly Effect, She Had, Grinspoon, and Birds of Tokyo. And one time I got to play at a festival that was headlined by the one and only Exhibit. I've also made music with some pretty awesome people along the way, without whom none of my experiences would have happened. So thank you, fam. One thing became evident though, from the very first time I paid hard earned money to go to a recording studio and record my band, I fell in love with being in the studio. It was like learning your song all over again, but in a more in-depth and complete way. And yes, those first few recordings were absolutely terrible, like absolutely terrible. I suck so bad, but the recording doesn't lie. Everything I needed to work on was exposed like a wart. And every time I came out of the studio, I knew exactly what to work on for the next time. The only thing was back in those days, the feedback loop was so long. We couldn't afford to record all the time and home recording, especially as we know it today, was definitely not a thing. But the bug was deeply planted and I was always looking forward to getting back into the studio to record and work alongside the studio engineers, especially during mixing. 
hearing all the elements come together as though we're shaped with EQ, compression, spatial effects, and automation was just so exciting for me. And once the mix was done, <laughs> we couldn't get home fast enough to crack a few beers and listen to our prize on repeat with the volume cranked to 11 all night long. So once I decided to hang up the proverbial touring boots and stop playing live, I knew that I still needed to be able to make music somehow. I mean, after all, I'm a creative and I have that deep-seated need inside to create art in some capacity. It's just something that I have to do. And I'm pretty sure that pretty much anybody and everybody who reads this or listens to this or watches this completely understands where I'm coming from. So once I decided to stop playing live, I knew that the next logical thing for me to do was to invest in setting up myself a little space at home in which to record, compose, and produce music for myself. Once I had the super raw basics being a computer interface and a door and some headphones, really not much has changed over the years, to be honest. I invested in some online courses to help me better understand the tools and processes of mixing and mastering in relation to the home studio. That was over a decade ago now. And in that time, I've had quite the journey learning and evolving as a home studio enthusiast, studio artist, composer, producer, and music oriented entrepreneur of sorts. What started out as strictly something to satisfy my need to create music became so much more encompassing and fascinating. Some of my friends started asking me to record them or to produce and mix their own recordings. Then friends of friends started reaching out to me to work on their projects too. I started out doing free work at first, then paid work, and then started raising my rates. And over time, I got to work on a variety of projects for a multitude of different artists from friends to complete and utter strangers. I can't state enough how much I love working on music, on my own music, for my friends and for my clients. I love getting a song idea from a client that's just some raw DI electric guitar tracks with a couple of brief notes. I then take those raw tracks and turn them into a full composition of amped up guitars, bass and drums that blows their freaking minds. I love taking an artist song, the labor of love that they've recorded with their heart and soul and helping them actualize that musical piece of expression. And I love scheduling calls with my friends and talking with them about their struggles with mixing or helping them realize the multifaceted income possibilities that their home studio brings them, which brings us to here and now. I struggle with imposter syndrome and self-confidence a whole bunch. And I know that I'm not alone in that but it's really derailed me in terms of getting to here and now. I've set up websites in the past only to take them down again. I've started to create content only to compare myself to others and then pull the pin on that. But all the while I was working, learning and evolving my craft and evolving as a person. So here I am finishing up my first blog post and all podcast and or YouTube clip telling my story ready to take my first steps all over again. And that's today's episode in the book. Thank you so much for joining me on the DIY Music Factory podcast. If you feel so inclined, could you please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify? It would be a tremendous help and I would forever be grateful. 
I appreciate your company today and I look forward to hanging out with you again on the next episode.